I'm reading this morning from Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. You may be stay seated as I read this this morning. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you, will reward you. Here's the question for today. Do you believe in the power of prayer? Now take a moment and think about this question and your internal or maybe external response. Do you believe in the power of prayer? may seem like a silly question to ask a room full of people who say they're Jesus followers, right? Yet, if I were to ask the next question, you might respond in the affirmative, just like I would. If you say yes and you're honest or no and you're honest, whatever it may be uh, in that regard, I suppose, you probably do not pray as often as you should if you do believe in the power of prayer, correct? Yeah, I'm there. Well, another way to get at this, if you will, this morning is you believe in the power of prayer and you may even try to pray, yet you do you find that your prayers are not as effective as you would want. That may be true too. So we're in a series called, called Better Way. And we're looking at not just, uh, we're looking at the way Jesus lived, not just the truth that he taught, but they need to be uh, magnificently combined in order to have the power and the punch that he wishes for us to live in. And what we find when we read the Gospels is this interesting thing about Jesus' life that we're, those who are inside the faith, community of faith, and even those outside the community of faith find, out, find rather interesting is that, uh, that, that Jesus' life was consistent, and it was consistent in, in ways that we hunger to be consistent in. No matter how crazy things were, were going on in his life, that he was consistent in this, that he always went to the Father in prayer, always, continually. He prioritized the presence of God in prayer, and it worked magnificently for him, we could say. His, prayer, his life in prayer empowered him to, be, to overcome every temptation the evil one would throw at him. Think about that. It's not just the nature of who he was, but the prayer life in which he led. He was able to be faithful to God, completely obedient, he healed people. He showed love to those who were, uh, well, not just loving to him, but as he commends us, who are unloving to him. That's, a, that's the power of a prayer life. That's a life that is consistently looking to the Father for every resource. Well, when we look and see how he lived, and we may or may not be all the way there, but I'm there today. I want to live like he lived and love like he loved. And if that is the case, if we want what Jesus had, we need to learn to pray like Jesus prayed. We need to learn to pray like Jesus prayed. And if so, I want what Jesus had. had. I should probably, if I want what Jesus had, I need to pray like Jesus prayed. Why do you think it is that we struggle with prayer, even after we have prayer boot camps? 
And we, we have prayer every Friday that is prayer and fasting. And if you were like me, even though I know that cognitively in my head, I, I told Kathy this yesterday. I was like, you know what? It just popped into my head. I wanted a cinnamon roll. So I swung by Dom's on the way to here. I'm like, boy, that cinnamon roll tasted good. And then about an hour and a half later, I'm like, oh, my goodness. We call everybody to prayer and fasting. And guess what I'm doing? Not. Oh, I mean, so it's not just you. It's we are in it together. But this is what, these are some of the reasons why we possibly don't pray like we want to pray. One of the reasons is we lack focus, obviously. (laughs) Uh, You know the Lord's gracious in that, right? I hope you are with me too, but he's gracious with me in that. Uh, You know, we, we get distracted. Uh, and it may be specifically when we are praying that we get distracted, right? So we close our eyes. So here's a couple of, couple of things. We close our eyes and our mind begins to wander to the to-do list or our boss's requests or our employee's needs. So keep your eyes open, right? But we get distracted. Sometimes... Uh, you know, we're in prayer meeting, and you probably don't want to hear this, and we get bored. I mean, we get distracted because we're not involved. We're not attentive to what is happening, right? Uh, another reason is we, that we do not pray consistently, consistently is we lack confidence. We lack confidence. We just re- really don't know how to do it. It's really intimidating, um, you know, and if we're around people who... Uh, pray very well. You might want to classify them as professional prayers or whatever. Um, they're quoting scripture. They're involving all this. Uh, you know, they're even, they're using God's names. I love this one. They're using God's names like Jehovah Nisi and Jehovah Rapha. And you're thinking, what does a Nissan Maxima have to do with prayer? <laughs> right? I mean, so we can lack the confidence to pray as we should. Consistently, some of us, some people have been lack that uh, we lack focus, we lack confidence, and then probably bottom line to all of that is we just lack faith. We lack faith. Uh, we may even we may wonder whether God can do what we're asking Him to do, and and even if we do know that He can do what we're asking Him to do, we're kind of wondering: Does He even care? Is He gonna is He gonna execute as? We might think, there's the problem, partly, right? But we kind of wonder, right? And it's, it's not in a void. You know, these wonderings and this inconsistency in our prayer life comes from uh, different places. Maybe as a kid, you prayed that your par- parents' marriage would work, right? Or maybe it wasn't just as a kid. And you believed that God was going to heal and restore, and that didn't happen, right? These things do not come from places that are void. You prayed for your grandma or grandpa to be healed, and they, she wasn't or he wasn't. You've pled with the Lord just as Paul pled to have the thorn in the flesh taken away, to have the sin taken away, and he just, it just hasn't gone yet. And I put the word yet there. 
So you conclude, it's not just, it's not just that you don't, you don't follow Jesus. See, this is the thing. It's that you follow Jesus, but you have all of these other things that are layered in there that cause us to be inconsistent in our prayer life. So that's why the t- title of today's message is, is a question, given up on prayer? Let me just tell you a few things that prayer is not, if I can. Prayer is not a formal presentation, yet it can be. And oftentimes that's where we see it, and that becomes intimidating to us. Um, and it can be, uh, it, can, it can use fancy language, and those of us who pray on a regular basis, we don't mean that, but yet it can be that, that way. It can look formal and always this, um, this kind of the way it should be. Prayer is also not giving God your wish list. Oftentimes we, we have things that we need, but God just wants to be in your, he wants to be with you. I, I don't think that I have, I've grown to understand this idea of being with uh, so much as, as my kids have grown. And, uh, you know, even when they were with, with me, they were great, but they were always with me. So I didn't think about it too much. But now that they're not always with me, there's a desire for me to be with them right? More, more desire, as my friends tell me, I have more of a desire to be with them than they have to be with me. Some of you are laughing because you're in that stage. Your, your parents are like, can you come over? Can, can you come out and play? You know? And that's a reality. I mean, that's, that's kind of where we're at. But, you know, it's, I, think, I think that God just desires to be with us, yet we often go to him like an ATM or a Coke machine, right? Um, and we, we want God to just, you know, if I push this button, if I do it in the right order, anybody had that Simon Says game that you had to do it in a certain order? I mean, I think sometimes we, we don't think that because we realize that's illogical, but we kind of play that game out in our prayer life. And prayer is not to impress or show, impress anybody. I love, uh, you may not know this, and I'm not going to say any, anything out loud, but there's... But I love how we've, we have people who we've asked to pray on Sunday mornings. And while that's a f- formal presentation, what I'm enjoying the most is knowing the prayer development of those people that we've asked. I see it. I hear it. I know what they're doing. Uh, sometimes there's conversations behind the scenes that you don't maybe know. And, and I'm not letting you in, but it's, they realize it's not, it's not a formal, it's a, it's a conversation with God. And it's a beautiful thing. And that's what I love about the community of faith, that we have the ability not only to, to hang with each other and have meals together, but we get to see the development of what Jesus is doing in people's lives and in prayer life is one of those areas. So when we look at the way that Jesus lived and see how he interacted with God, we discover a, this about the way he lived, that prayer isn't just an action you do. Prayer is a way that you live. It's a, it's a way you live. When you look at the way that Jesus lived, we see that prayer isn't just a momentary action. When we fold our hands, when we get on our knees, when we raise our hands, when we're in church, wherever it may be, it's, it was really the way he lived. He, he prioritized the presence of God in prayer. Again and again, you would, he would leave a crowd and he would go off to pray. He would go off to be with the Father and get up early in the morning to pray. He would, late night, he would pray. He was 
always finding the space, if you would, to be with the Father. And according to the Gospels, you read all four of them, we see a long list of where Jesus prayed. Prayed at his baptism. He prayed in the morning before heading to Galilee. He prayed after healing people. He prayed the night before choosing his disciples. Uh, You know, we could go through a whole list. He continuously was in this conversation with the Father. He prayed for himself, for his disciples. John 17, beautiful prayer. He prayed continuously. Prayer wasn't something that he occasionally did. Prayer was a part of the way he lived. It was, it was his life. Lifeline and his life. Think about all the other times during the normal course of his life that Jesus prioritized the, prioritized the presence of God in prayer. How do you pray? Uh, how did he pray? It wasn't something that he did. He simply it was simply a way that he lived. It's kind of like you're breathing, I think, for Jesus. But, but for us, we kind of go, wait, 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 wait. I, I don't have the time to pray. I've got so many other things to do. Did, do you see my to-do list and my honey's to-do list for me? Did you see my work list? I, I just don't have time. And I think this is where we have to as we've walked through the idea of prayer, we have to continually remind ourselves we don't have time not to pray. We just simply do not have time not to pray. There's nothing, there could be nothing more productive than the time you spend seeking the heart of God and inviting his power, his presence, and his strength to be in you and with you. There's nothing. In fact, I would say, as Jesus demonstrated and many of us have come to realize because we find ourselves in voids of, of, of uh, prayer deserts, if you will, that it's almost impossible to walk in this world and be full of joy and peace without prayer. It just simply is impossible. With all the tension that we live in, I mean, some of us have turned off the news for a very good reason. I get that. Right? Because we just can't take it all in. All the, 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 the hurt and the evil and the hardship. And then, we, then you compile it with our own tensions, right? Our, fi- our own financial tensions, our own relational stress, our own worries, our own concerns. But we cannot live without God's presence. And that's what prayer is, Right? Because we need his power and we need his grace. And it's not just for a few moments. See, as we learned last week, and some of you are, again, we're back to practicing those things of full attention. To be effective in this world, I have to disconnect from this world. While we're, we're to be to live in the world, we're not to be of the world. And there's only a way to do that, that, that Jesus can grab us, that the Father can grab us, that the Spirit can empower us to do that. And so we have to disconnect from everything that does not last in order to connect to the thing, the one thing, if you will, the one person that does last. Now think about that. Everything else that you're worrying about right this moment, because remember the 40, 40 47%, some of you have gone. (laughs) 
and I'm going to last. There's only one thing. So can the one, one person thing, one person, God, get your attention? Can you hold your attention on him as long as you possibly can? That's hard to do, I know. So we disconnect from what doesn't last to the one who does. I have to disconnect from all the tempt to, temptations to gratify myself, to connect to the one who brings glory to himself. See, prayer is not just something that Jesus did. It was the way he lived. I want to reread to you uh, Matthew chapter 6. Again, dipping into uh, Eugene Peterson's uh, message translation because he often brings things into our minds and our hearts in the way that it was translated. We could talk about how that was done. It's kind of a beautiful thing, but uh, at another time. (laughs) But I think he brings them some, some things to our minds. Matthew 6.6. 6, Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. We need to find a place to pray. When we lived uh, on the west side of the state in Niles, um, there was a, a chair. We had actually a couple of living rooms in this house that we had, and uh, I I bought this. Uh, I'd chosen this corduroy chair. Don't have it anymore, but that literally was my place. I parked myself in that chair, and I would pray. Uh, John Maxwell, historically, I don't know. I don't not heard him speak in a while, but historically when he moved, he used to be a pastor in Indiana. If you don't know who John Maxwell is, that's okay, but he used to be a pastor in Indiana, and he moved to a church in California, and uh, he used to go sit on a rock in Indiana, and his brother knew this, that he would go pray. He would take his, his legal pad and and he would go pray. His brother knew that this rock was a special rock, and he literally had that rock moved to California so that he could stay and pray on that rock. My, my point of all of this is whether it's a, a corduroy chair or a rock. I don't know if I would sit on a rock. It just sounds cold to me, but we need to find a, a, find a secluded place, no matter who you are. And it could be uh, like John Wesley's uh, mom, uh, I think they had like, I think they had a total of nine, she had 19 children, but there were only like 17 that lived or something like that, but they were all running around. She'd just pick up the apron and put it over her head. <laughs> I mean, the chaos just reigned around her, right? We need to find that place and space where we can, we can be with the Lord, right? We need to find that place. We need to eliminate the distractions in order to give our full attention to God. Put your phones aside. Turn off the sound. Don't respond to the text or the lights or whatever. We just need that time with God. So you disconnect from this world to connect to the Lord of hosts, the one who is eternal. And why do you do that? For this, intimacy is never accidental. 
Intimacy is never accidental. You never, you never accidentally become close to God. It, just, it simply does not happen that way. When somebody says, I'm not that close to God, I'm not, you have a choice. The God of all creation is waiting for you to engage with him. And he is the most gracious and probably the, one of the most flexible, uh, flexible in terms of finding you and responding to you in those places. But you have a choice. I mean, I'd be in, I'd be in a lot of trouble if I didn't create some intentional opportunities to be intimate with my wife. And when I say intimate, I mean having conversations, having dinners, creating the space in order for us to get to know each other better. And it, and I, you know, it's, it, it's hard all the way through. But in some ways, it's, some could say it's not, it's, it's not hard, it shouldn't be hard for you now, you're an empty nester. I sometimes think that it's even harder now than it, ever, than it has been before because there's an assumption made, even by us who are in the same house. So my point is, intimacy is work, and you have to take advantage of that, and you have to work at it and be still with the Lord and let him speak. Whenever Jesus was when when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, it was one of the most it's it's one it's one just wonderful, powerful uh, text that was that happens. And it was God the Father, and He publicly declared over His Son this: "This is my Son, whom I love, and I want everybody to know I am proud of Him." I mean, that's declaration one right over the top. Uh, the question I would ask is, wouldn't you want that declaration over the top of you every morning before you step out, of, maybe even before you get out of your bed? That, yeah, you want to hear your, you know, if you're, if you're married, you want to hear your spouse say that, but it's vastly more important and vastly life-changing if you can hear the words, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. With you, I am well pleased, go in my power. I mean, so if you want to experience the presence of, presence of the Holy Spirit, sometimes you just have to find a secluded place and be still to have those words spoken into us. I don't think it was until a few years ago that this really hit home when uh, someone I was listening to made the, made the comment, and he was tying it to a whole series that he was doing that, uh, that he doesn't move. Now, I can't say that I don't do this, but he doesn't move until he, he sees and experiences the love of the triune God every single day, no matter how long it takes. I mean, it's what we prayed about a few minutes ago. That's why I was kind of, in my prayer, I was like, oh my goodness, this is, I knew the sad ahead of time, I did. But I'm like, this is just so wonderful. That's so wonderful. Again, I just want to remind us that prayer isn't an action you do. It's, it's, it's the way you live. This uninterrupted time and fellowship with the Father is what Jesus presented to us. And so one of our core values here, if you did not know, if you go to our website, you'll see it. 
if you're in some of our ministry team meetings, you'll hear it and we go over it or leadership or some of those places and spaces where other teams are using those things. But our very first core value is pray about everything. And it comes from, it come, part of it comes from this verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. It's easy for somebody else to say. Right? It's just, and it's a great verse to put into memory, and you don't have to memorize all of it. But it's in three different versions it's, it's, it speaks. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Never stop praying. Uh, in the NLT, in the NIV, it says pray consist, continually, sorry. And then in the ESV, which is English Standard Version, it says pray without ceasing. And in some ways, when we read that verse, if, we, if we've ever read that verse or heard it pray, uh, uh, preached or brought up before, we kind of want to dodge that verse, don't we? Because there's almost this immediate guilt, like, oh, whoa. How does this happen, right? I, I, can't even, I can't even sit with the Lord for five to eight minutes, let alone praying, uh, never stop praying. But I think it's this, and it's, it's so true that we don't have to start or stop in our conversations with the Lord. We don't even have to start or stop. Now, sin will get in the way. Our attitude, I mean, that's sin, right? Our attitudes about things will get in the way. But if, we, if, we're, if we're in step with the Spirit as He is in the Spirit, we will be in this constant place of, Lord, be with me, right? You don't have to... Kneel, you can. Those are good and powerful postures to take or lay prostrate, all of those. But you can continue, right, through all things and continue to pray, right? It can always be there. So while prayer is this place where you want to close the door and be with God alone, there's also this place where you are with God continuously, and that's what we find in Jesus' life. That prayer is living in God's presence. Prayer is experiencing God's grace. Prayer is hearing his whisper throughout the day. It's enjoying his power. It's experiencing his peace. Prayer isn't just getting God to do what we want, but prayer is aligning our will to his. It's delighting in the Lord as he changes our hearts and gives us the desires by aligning our hearts to his. It's not the other way around. Maybe you picked that up earlier. <laughs> it's about moving with him, no matter what is transpiring in our lives. So how do we how do, we do this? How do we put this into practice? How do we play, how do we pray continuously? Well, I want to give you uh, three different ways that actually are, are taken from uh, Max Lucado. Uh, he talks about that uh, we, we should devote ourselves to prayer in our waking hours. In our waking hours, right? When we, when we wake that we wake with the idea, with the thought, with the scripture maybe. Good morning, God. 
This is the day you have made. And I'm going to be glad and rejoice in it. I'd love, Lord, if you would just direct my steps today. Steps today. Help me to see needs. Help me to speak words of life. Help me to give words of encouragement. God, convict me of anything that will be out of line with what you would want or desire because I am devoting this whole day to you. Good morning, God. Empower me for your work. Allow me to experience your love. God, I give you my waking thoughts. Max Lucado goes on and talks about waiting thoughts. This idea that whenever you're waiting on God, a bus station or a train station is a great place to do that. You, you, you know, you're praying for the salvation of someone. You're, you're in that place of waiting, right? You want to continue to wait and pray for the provisions that you may need, the relationships you want to see healed. That we're in those places and spaces continually of waiting. In fact, I think, I don't think it's, the, it's God's favorite place to place us, but he, we are waiting on a regular basis because his timing is always right. And our, our time is a little bit different than his. I don't know if you found that. We want things now. And he said, eh, it'll come. Right? As we learn to live in the moment, in the time. We want to give him our whispering, our whispering thoughts too, right? You're in the middle of your office and, and, you, and something's happening. You're not going to be probably openly praying aloud. You might be talked to about that. I suppose you can. But you want to whisper the Lord, Lord, right now, I'm not sure how to walk through this. Right? Lord, I know it's been a tough day for my spouse. I know that today has been a tough day for my kids. Lord, help me to walk carefully with my words and allow my actions to be gentle to those around me. Lord, I, I, I just can't believe what my 16-year-old just did. So Lord, be care Lord, guide my words, right? I mean, we, we want to have those those that that container we go to, we just kind of like, Lord, I need it. So you start maybe with the, with, well, you start with the waking thoughts and you give them your, wake, uh, your waiting thoughts and your whispering thoughts and then at the end of the day, you want to give them your waning thoughts. Now, uh, let me just give a little explanation. Uh, usually we see the, the waning part of the moon in the morning, not at the evening, but it's the last tailed it's the end of the day that's the whole process and much like the prayer of examine which we've talked about here this is one of those times where we give him those last thoughts of the day that we walk back through in our mind in our hearts with his spirit and we say thank you for being with me here I can't believe that you were there with me there your words and your power were evident lord forgive me for not right we want to be about prayer, that it's this, this living thing, this way of living, not a one-time giving that we do. We want to be about prayer as the way we live. Maybe for you, prayer just hasn't been uh, that space that you have been able to exercise where you 
don't feel guilty. This is not one of those messages to make you feel guilty. It's one to help you and encourage you amongst brothers and sisters who are journeying along the way to do just that. Uh, to, to, to move into a place of confidence. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we what we have asked, we know that we have what we ask of him. Right? That we can go with him with confidence. Uh, Paul talks about not being anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, right? With thanksgiving, present our request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We go to God and give him all those things. Yesterday morning, uh, there, was, there's, there was something that was churning uh, in our home. And um, so Kathy and I just, like, all right, let's, let's pray about this. And we laid it before the Lord and got towards the end of the day. And, <clears throat> and there, it, was, it was something that was kind of on edge. And it got towards the end of the day and... and Kathy referred to the, the issue, the situation, and I said, oh, I haven't even thought about it all day long. She said, really? I said, it's not, not about me, please. I was like, no, I, I actually didn't. We prayed. It was, I mean, we, put, we parked it where it needed to be. I, can't, I don't, you know. And up to that point, though, it hadn't been like that. And the Lord wants to respond to us when we go to him and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure what to say. I don't know what to, you know. And he is attentive to those prayers. We, we get to experience the power of the Spirit, the ability to walk through life with a, a greater uh, greater confidence and a clarity of, of mind. We, we, we get to live in his goodness and his grace. When we're tempted, when we're in the states, you know, we, we're able to overcome because then we rest in that, in that. That the Lord becomes our peace. So giving up on prayer? Maybe not in every area. Maybe there's been an area that you just are like, ah. But the telltale signs, the, the, the potential telltale signs, I'll put it that way, are that they, you just, you're not living free. They're, they're consuming whatever they are. It is. It's consuming you. And not consuming you in the same way that a burden that he places on our hearts consumes. But it's one that, that, that is altering your altitude and your attitude. Your composure, your faithfulness, your obedience to him. He wants you to give it to him. Giving up on prayer. Just a reminder. Prayer isn't 
just an action you do. Prayer is the way you live. That's what Jesus demonstrated to us. Let's pray. So, Father, we're just talking to you just like a friend talks to a friend. And I'm asking you to draw us close to you, your children, to make to make a space, create prayer not as a thing but as a lifestyle that our relationship develops with you where we recognize and realize that more and more of our day we never step out of your presence but we do intentionally step in and worship you and pray that the intimacy that we have with you is, is, is in step, as Paul says, or in the flow of the Spirit, as we might say. But I'm guessing that just like with me and in many places and spaces this week, I was out of step with your presence If that's the case, that you, you've sensed that tension, um, even as we talked, you've been out of step with his presence, out of step in prayer, just, I want to pray for you. Would you raise your hand? All, all heads are bowed, all eyes are closed. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I want to pray for you because we, that's what we do. Brothers and sisters, pray for each other. So, Father, I ask, Lord Jesus, that as uh, my brothers and sisters have raised their hands and, and acknowledged before you and before me, Lord, that they were out of step. I, too, find myself in that place. Yet I, I know that, Father, you want, to, you want to lead us into a life that is abundant and free. So, Lord, help my brothers and sisters who know you to know that you love them with your son's life and wish to give them abundant life that comes through just this continual connection and we have the gift of prayer. Father, I'm grateful that you sent your son to die for us, to give us Give us what was demonstrated in Jesus, a a life of continual connection and power and grace and mercy. Lord, as we this week uh, lean in once again and remind ourselves that prayer prayer is a, a way of life, Lord, would you lead us into waking and waiting and whispering and waning prayer? Will you help us to give us, give, help us as in that process of wanting to just lean in and recognize the power that you can give? Friends, if you're in that place, I just want to let you know that God is loving you in this moment. He, he loves you. His desire is to give life to you, and so he just embraces you in that moment.
Maybe some of you um, have never felt the embrace and the love of God that we're talking about. It comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that's you this morning, I would be remiss not to invite you to follow Jesus as we're following Jesus. So you can do that by praying this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for mercy, grace, and love found in and through Jesus. Save me and forgive me for my sins. I give you my life and choose to follow, love, and live for you. Father, I thank you for renewed commitments to prayer. But really, it's not a prayer. It's really a renewed commitment to presence. <laughs> and Father, I'm grateful for those who have, uh, have said, today I need, to, I need to make a decision for you. Thank you for the life that you give. We pray this in Jesus' name.